As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And now, live from the bunker, in the heart of the Ozarks, it's the critic, the geek, and the girl hosting a Shoe the Dough Network podcast. It's Sift Pop! Yay! Man, my hands smell like Arby's. (laughs) (laughs) And we've started another show. Wow. Like, it's all, it's all like Arby's up in my, you guys can smell that? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's we delicious, can. Delicious, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. We we are joined this week on Sift Pop by our friend from Flick Freaks in the studio. Andrew's with us again. Ahoy! And uh, good to have you. Thank uh, you. You guys were chatting World of Warcraft, which I always find fascinating. Ah. You were like, I always, it's always interesting to me, and I, I'm being completely honest here. It's always interesting to me when two people get together and they find this common thing that they both have had, you know, interest in or whatever, and all of a sudden it's like. This whole new level of geekdom besties, you know, <laughs> like all of a sudden you guys were like, blah, 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 blah. And I'm sitting over here going, I have no idea what That's half of those I words feel mean. Whenever you talk about your list making with your friends, right? Sure, like sure. It's just, you know, pop culture. But yeah, we which were we had talking... a jolly good time doing last time That's I was right. on. So it's my turn because it's World of Warcraft time. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're both talking about World of Warcraft because they have different expansions that come out. And so we were trying to figure out where we both dropped off playing the game. Mm. I dropped off just after Mists of Pandaria. And when did you drop off? Well, I'm probably about four or five years in remission right now. But um, <laughs> I, uh, it's awful. I, I think I'm, yeah. I think I'm three, three or four years in. Because I, uh-huh. I got Cataclysm, I just didn't get into it as hardcore as I did whenever Wrath of Lich King was out. Because Wrath of Lich King, I was downing Arthas every single week. Yeah, you were. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I only downed Arthas once. See, I but started, boy, was that incredible. I started mm-hmm. playing after Lich King, uh, Lich King came out. Oh, really? So, so my first expansion experience was Cataclysm. And then I went through that. And then that's whenever I just really got into the game. It was so much fun. Wow. And then they came out with their newest expansion, which is the Jani expansion, kind of goes into the background of, of those, of that, like, so group many of people. Words. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. But I read something really interesting yesterday. So Blizzard um, and Activision, the group that does their... For what? For World of Warcraft. Well, Blizzard does World of Warcraft. I didn't know Activision was involved. I think Activision's involved in helping. But anyway, when the new release comes out, you know, everybody floods back to the game to Mm -hmm. to go back in. There's over 10 million people that were actively playing the game. And it's dropped net down to like Mm 5.1. So they're experiencing this really interesting shift where... They're, they have lower numbers now of people that are pl- playing this game monthly than 
has happened since before Lich King. Well, I'm sure that has a lot to do with the Lich King, Wrath, and Dornans and and such. Very much happened. so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You are and, trying and so in, hard in right now. I think when Arthas was down for the fifth time, I think that's I think that's probably what happened. I think it was just that he didn't upgrade his gear, <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. That was actually whenever the first time I did, I know we're really getting into this, the first time I downed Arthas was the time I did realize I had a problem. Like, <laughs> And I'm not even joking. I'm like, I am playing this way too much. But there's something very, like, Danae, you can re- relate to this. There's something very communal about it because I remember yes. talking with people from all over the world. We had yeah. in my guild, there was somebody from South Africa. There was somebody yep. from New Zealand. Oh, that's fun. It's yeah. one of the reasons that I enjoy Clash of Clans now, which is my new outlet for video game playing. Because uh, as mentioned in the comments, it's right. Like you get to this point and you have to grow up. You have to go get a career. You've got to move on. You can't play video games for six hours at a time. Are we talking about Clash of Clans? But now I've moved into Clash of Clans. <laughs> Yay! QR Clash of Clans music. The Clash of Clans, so proper. These are the days of our clashes. These are the clashes of our clans. <laughs> we have so much drama happening in our clan, so it's like perfect. Any new drama that you can get to since the music's on? Okay. So recently, we merged with a new clan again. And so now <laughs> we're the Shadow Walkers. And we're trying to like all join in with these people that we've only just met. And it's not going well. <laughs> kind of going well stay tuned for what might happen next time on these are the clashes <laughs> of, of our, our clans, clans. Uh, yeah you should stop that music it's really annoying no, it's really amazing that flashback of days of our lives that just yeah like, oh my god i'm 14 in my grandma's house again <laughs> stefano is still alive just so you know oh my god the fact you know that man you're, you're my know. new hero <laughs> all right all right all right so you guys ready to shoe a dough Word. All right. So what we're going to talk about today is I'm really excited because we're going to talk about the new faith-based film War Room. We're going to talk about Mr. Robot, which was supposed to have had its finale uh, this week. This week. Mm. And instead it got postponed because of some real life events. Uh, And we'll talk a little bit about that, too. And, of course, we'll get to our buried treasure as well. But I do want to say thank you for joining us. This is a Live or Later podcast, meaning you can tune in live. And many people are, thanks to uh, Bonnie and Ida and Britton and Humberto and Jen, who are all with us live. Or you can listen later in your podcast feed at uh, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you do podcasts. Uh, Just search for Sift Pop or Shoe the Dough. Either one will get you there. But thank you so much for listening. Uh, We do it for you, and we couldn't do it without you. So we appreciate you being here. Um, And I'm I'm excited to talk War Room. I am, too. For a lot of reasons. There are many reasons I am both nervous and excited. (laughs) We want to play a clip for you from the movie so that you can kind of hear a little bit about uh, what is potentially going to be spoken about. But basically... Uh, This is a faith-based film, and here's a clip. You've been a good enough father. I want to be a good enough father. Let's go, let's go! Don't quit! Don't quit! Hey, you know what? I thought your jump rope routine was really good. I just got a notification that you moved money from our savings into your checking account. Can we talk about this later? You must be the real estate agent. Well, it's so good to meet you. Let me show you the house. This is my favorite place in this house. I call it my war room. You wrote prayers for each area of your life. Prayer strategy. I sure could use some of that. 
That's a little bit from the uh, preview for War Room. It comes to us from the Kendrick Brothers. Now, they did the movies Courageous, uh, Fireproof, yeah, yeah. Uh, Facing the Giants. They started with an independent movie called Flywheel, which a lot of people haven't seen, including myself. I've never actually seen it. But they took the Christian community by storm because all of a sudden somebody was making you know, big movies for the big screen and saying stuff that, you know, agreed with how they felt and, you know, their viewpoints in their belief system. What's interesting is the three of us went and saw it last night together. Uh, I'm a lifelong Christian. Danae's a prodigal Christian. And Andrew, you would call yourself a former Christian, mm-hmm. correct? And so we all have these different perspectives on a faith-based film that I, I can't wait to get into. So we like to start off our reviews with kind of like an overall feel of how we felt about the movie. So I'll start. Um, this is the first faith-based film I've ever gone to the movie theaters to see. Wow. So I feel like I'm going to have a couple of things happen. There's a couple things that happen in my brain, and I can't decide where I've landed. But I think I've landed on... I enjoyed it. So you go with liked it with a question mark at the end (laughs) because I'm still processing it. Liked it? Question mark. (laughs) Remember how last time we reviewed Hitman Agent Forty Seven and you guys did not like it Mm -hmm. at all. Right. I was like, I actually enjoyed it because I've never seen a movie like that before. I think I might be experiencing that. You know, like this is the first one I've gone and sat in a film and watched. So maybe I'm kind of caught up in the first time to see, you know, a faith based film. And so there's parts of it that I was really resonating with and parts of it that were like, sure, roll your eyeballs. So, so all right, we will get into... Is that like? Yeah, I would say okay. you liked it. I liked it. Um, I'm going to go with indifferent. Uh, Andrew, what would you go with? Disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> I am obviously not the target demographic that this film is made for. Correct. <laughs> and also, I've reviewed a lot of movies, also, not to the extent as you, obviously, but sure. I have reviewed many a film. And I can honestly say I have thought more about my review of this film than I can remember doing for any other film. Wow. Why do you think that is? Because I think it's because I know I'm not the demographic for so I tried seeing it from other perspectives and I'm Mm -hmm. like, well, maybe I can review it as just a film. And I'm like, well, okay, it's not just a film to some people. It stands for immoral principles and right. stuff like that. Right. So. That's why I'm nervous about reviewing this one. <laughs> yeah. But, Welcome to my world. <laughs> so I don't want to say I hated it, but I'm going to go with I didn't like it. Okay, so we'll go with disliked it for Andrew. Um, as we get into this, I think it's it's only fair that we kind of separate, like you talked about the movie, into two, kind of two categories, two parts, right? right? It's two parts. Uh, one is obviously the the sermon or the message or what it's preaching. Uh, the other is movie making, okay, and this is the this is the thing that I struggle with when reviewing these movies. Go ahead, Danae. I'm Thank ki- you. I'm, I get. I'm I'm already a little bit confused because I haven't seen these kinds of movies before. It's not what I usually go see because I don't like to go see movies, as you all know. Right. But is this preachier than normal? Because this yes. movie was like straight up in church. Yeah. Palpable. Yeah. 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 This is, I think the guys uh, uh, from, oh, I forgot the name of their company, the Kendrick Brothers. Uh, they, this is what they do, though. Their movies are usually preachy like this. Cora- okay. Courageous was, I mean, was Cor- Courageous preachy? Courageous ended with a five minute sermon. Well, this one kind of did this too. This one kind of yeah. did too. Yeah. They, that's what they like to do. Okay, they okay. like to, to tell a story. But it's like a call to action. It is. Their okay, movie, okay. that is absolutely right. That's a great way to put it. Their movies are calls to action. They're, okay, they're okay. definitely trying to, 
rustle emotion and then move you to do something. Next question, knowing mm-hmm. that because I'm I've been in radio with you now for four years, Aaron. Yeah. So I know that most of the time when you go to the faith based films, one of the tw- the things that tweaks you is yeah. that they're not made well. Right. How does this one stack up to the other ones? Because I don't have anything to base it off of. I don't have anything like comparison. I can compare it to other movies that we've even seen recently. And I would say that this is like lifetime type. Yeah, I think that's a good way to say it. Like a lifetime movie, movie, that kind of thing. Um, This one for me, comparatively, if we're doing the comparative thing, uh, is a little bit better in some categories. The acting's a little bit better than most uh, faith-based films, I thought. I, I didn't think the acting was awful, awful in this. Um, I thought the <laughs> Andrew's like looking left and right. Like, am I the only one here that's going to say what I need, what needs to be said? <laughs> no, I'm usually the one saying it. And that may be part of it, too, is I'm coming from a background where I'm comparing it to these other movies. Yeah. Um, you know, it, I don't know. It might be like saying if you don't like coffee that, you know, you put a little you know, sugar in it and it's a little bit better. I don't know. But... Oh, speaking of coffee metaphors, sorry. It's in the <laughs> film, right. guys. We'll get to That's that right. in a little bit. Um, Does Sprite pay for every single one of the That movies? was one of my points. That was one of my points. Well, Sprite presents War Room. That's what, <laughs> for the rest of the podcast, that's what I'm going to refer to this as. I saw one Sprite. Oh, oh it, was no. it was everywhere. Everywhere in this movie. Oh yes. my god. It was it was so bad. If the if the percentage of people I in the real world one. used Sprite, drank Sprite as much as the percentage of people in this movie, they would have 90% of the market. How did <laughs> like, I not was, see? I was, only <laughs> noticed it the one Sprite time when she was in her room. closet. I had it down in my notes actually. No, it was one of the first thing in my like. first thing in my notes. Yeah. Whenever they went and bought the ice cream, every single one of them had a Sprite can and the Sprite yeah, with the with sprite label coming out of it. Sprite label turned directly to the camera. <laughs> I totally missed it. <laughs> yeah, and oh. then in your closet. Yeah. yeah. So I guess the short answer to your question is yes. It, in some ways, it is a little bit better. It still has the cheesy melodramatic music. It still has oh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of that stuff. That's you know. That was my least favorite part of the film. We can get into that. But- I want to get into it now. All I right. like to jump ahead of things. Okay, I'm you want to start with the stuff we didn't like and maybe yes. finish with the stuff we did. Let's do. There's that. probably more of that. So let's let's just get it out of our chest. All right, what didn't you, Danae? Tell the us what you. The music did. was like from the very very beginning. I was it it was so difficult because this this is this is straight up. Uh, it was so dramatic, like and it was. It was so on the nose. I, li- I like it when there's like a different kind of a score. Like we could play the Clash of Clans soap opera. I was gonna say, did it music. sound like this? Yeah. <laughs> no, really. It was very much like that, and it was it was distracting for me, and it was hard for me to in, like enjoy moments. Like I felt like I actually would have enjoyed certain parts of this movie more than I did, but the music was just telling me where I was supposed to feel emotionally rather than letting the characters tell me or let their acting tell me or their dialogue tell me. It was all just so on the nose with the music. That is my least favorite part about this And movie. it comes down to being distracted, right? When it, If the best music in movies is music you don't notice, but yeah. it helps create a feeling. Right. Um, in this music, you definitely notice. Yeah. And so that that can be a distraction, I think, in in many ways. What about you? What What's something that uh, you had in your negative column, Andrew? Um, I had a bunch of stuff. Not like that's all I was writing. I did write down some stuff that I did like. Uh, uh, Sprite presents War Room. Let's talk about the EMT who gives CPR to people choking on garlic. <laughs> If you're choking, don't give somebody CPR. There were so many things in this movie where they gave 
bad life information. <laughs> one of them was if somebody's choking, don't give them CPR. Here's, here's one for me since we're on that topic. Bad uh, life I information. I want to see if it's the same as the other one. I uh, if it, well, I, they even made light of it in the movie. But if somebody uh, holds you up with a knife, thank you. That was the next one. <laughs> oh my! Give them I your mean, money. I, I, give them your money. <laughs> that's right. The the I think everybody's advice is. Just give them their your money and let them move on with their day. Yes, but you know, not doesn't happen. This film um, would it be considered a spoiler? Probably, we, maybe yes, a little would. bit. So we might go into that a little more in detail. Yeah, as far maybe as, like, some, some of more of the specific scenes, things. Yeah, that was another you know. So life let me one. just say this though about one of the negatives in mind that goes along with that that is more general. I don't, and this is message wise, and I liked a lot of the message in there. There was a lot of the message in this I found resonant. This message I didn't like. Prayer is not a magic trick. In this this film, in many ways, treated prayer. Like some sort of cosmic magic okay. trick. It, it, it treated it like you go into your prayer room and then everything turns around immediately. Yeah. Which, can we just be honest, can happen. Can happen. Absolutely can happen. Sure. I have experienced some pretty crazy turnarounds in my life where I'm like, I did not think that I was ever going to either reconcile with that person or whatever. You right. Know? I've had those things happen. So I don't want to, you know, poo poo on that. But for the for the for this movie, they definitely move things along. Uh, you know, the dad deciding to you know join the daughter with her project there was two days before it well, turns she, around there's just they, they they really compacted some things in there that really bugged me but yeah i and again i think i'd have to go into some spoilers to give a few more specifics but there there are several cases in this movie where prayer makes stuff happen immediately or makes stuff happen in general for me going to god and saying you know Giving it to him is letting him do what he wants with it. It's not directing him. You don't this, this direct movie to God. Could have you know? been a lot more mature in that way if they would have had time pass. Do you know what I'm like? Go ahead and like breathe with some time here, like yeah. a montage, right? Like okay, so she starts praying in her prayer room, and then years go by. But here's, you know what I mean. Here's where my heart hurts. My heart hurts for somebody who gets in their prayer room, gets on their knees, gives it to God wholeheartedly, and it doesn't change because it's not because that's not God's plan. And it, this movie does not address that. Doesn't address that at all. No. And in <laughs> in in you're left in that case from a movie like this to think, oh, I didn't pray hard enough, or it's my fault. I didn't, you know. It's not about that. And this movie kind of does in some ways this, make it about this that. movie. Definitely is focusing in on a, a, a very certain specific type of way that god can answer prayer and i can see what you're saying that it can be misconstrued of mm -hmm. if someone was to go in as someone who doesn't have a maturity and an understanding of how god answers prayers in different times and things like that in different ways sometimes doesn't sometimes it's a yes sometimes it's a no sometimes it's a maybe so the saying goes <laughs> um so this movie doesn't go into that direction it definitely takes the angle of this like immediate thing happens because you pray yeah Another thing that I really got bothered by was at one point in time, there's the the main characters are a uh, husband and wife duo. I guess we can kind of give a little bit of a background. It's a husband and wife duo who are having trouble in their marriage. And um, there's this uh, woman, a grandmother type figure who wants to pass on wisdom about how, you know, you can not be angry and bitter in your marriage, but you can pray about it instead and things can change. And she kind of inserts herself into this uh, wife's life and then begins to kind of pour into her so that's kind of how this this movie starts and then um so the the wife character has this you know grandmother that she's talking with this matriarch person and then the husband character has you know his kind of like workout buddy best friend and at one point in the movie they're talking while they're working out and 
it, it becomes evident in that conversation that um, he's having trouble in his marriage. And his friend responds by saying, hey, man, what's going on with you and your wife? And the husband kind of like is playing it off like he doesn't really want to talk about it or whatever. And his friend says uh, like something like, I'm asking because I'm a Christian. And that almost threw me like into like a like this anger moment. Yeah. What tweaked your rage there? My uh, your answer should be because I'm your friend. <laughs> it shouldn't be like both of the characters, the grandmother character and this friend character turned into these like nitpicky digging into someone's life to find something wrong characters. Mm -hmm. And I have had that happen to me in certain circles in the Christian culture where they kind of like they dig in and try to find your sin, Mm -hmm. you know, and help you with it. But that's not actually, I don't feel like that's what I'm called to do with my friends. I'm not going to jump into their lives and be like, so tell me, you know, dish on what's going on in your life so that I, cause I'm a Christian. So it's my (laughs) My responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. It's my job to find out what's going wrong in your life so that I can tell you how to pray better. You know, like it just gave that weird message. Like I wish it's like they wanted to hit certain trigger words. They wanted to say Jesus and they wanted to say God and they wanted to say Christian and in that moment, like really bothered me, like his answer should have been because I've been your friend since we were little kids and I care about your relationship and I want you guys to be okay. Is there something that I can do? Is there something I can pray about? There was a different way of approaching that and that that part really. And really if you're wondering me. why, uh, you know, a lot of this uh, that we're finding negative has to do with the message. It's because the movie is all message. You know, it's it is a sermon. And so. That's a lot of what there is to pick apart, that kind of stuff. Jeveni, uh, what else did you have that you wanted to throw out there on the negative side? Negative sides, I'll just run through them real quick. Uh, War Room by Sprite, EMT, give CPR, give the mugger your money. Is there really such a thing as competitive double dutch? Yes, yes, there really is. <laughs> That's one of my big, yeah, that was a big one too. I have never seen so many white people, even like in an Andy Williams Branson concert, there has not been that many white people in one room at the same time. <laughs> Um, we get it. Your feet stink. You don't need to tell us every five seconds. That, that was, was their a, big gag. That was in the a, movie. a running gag. Excuse the pun. Uh, because of the gag. Because the mm-hmm. I see what huh? you did there. Thanks. Oh my god, <laughs> really funny. <laughs> but um, it's not really. I get the sermon taking the forefront because that's the main aspect of the film, and that's. I think that's why I had such a difficult time reviewing this film is because yeah. So, but uh. The things Did the, you find it offensive, like how you were being preached at in the movie? No. Okay. Because, like I said, I'm not the demographic that this is. So you were able just to separate yourself from that experience in a way that's like, this isn't for me. I don't, you know, I tried, resonate with it. I and, tried to do, because I didn't want to be fully um, separated from the film. I still tried to review it as a film, but then at the same time, I'm like, well, it's not a film. It's it's a sermon. So it's a visual sermon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I think that's why I had the main problem with reviewing it and stuff like, well, the acting's not all that great. I really didn't like the acting. I don't like the actual script. Um, the or, music is really overbearing. But then I realized, OK, it's supposed to be taking a backseat to all this other stuff. But I wish that they wouldn't do that because I feel like this film had a lot of potential. People have really jacked up relationships and you start this movie really hating the husband character and then you discover that the wife character is equally you know she's got her own stuff too it's alluded to you know so 
they they could have done so much with that. And the kid, their their child is suffering because the parents aren't paying a lot of attention to her. There's a potential really great story there. It doesn't have to take a back seat. But when you emphasize sermon instead of story, yeah. you lose a lot of that. And that's and that's the broken that's, bro- that's the broken record I come come back to with these things is if you start with a great story, the message will shine forth by itself. You think of, I mean, you don't have to look at faith-based movies. You look at movies that have messages, um, which most of them do, and they don't pound on the message. They just tell you a story that shows the truth of that message, and there's a difference. And I feel like with these movies, they just want to say the message instead of tell you the story. What's the method called where, it it reminded me of like a sitcom or something. The other thing about this movie that really was bothersome before we go on to the things we really enjoyed about the movie... um, where how they would basically we had two scenes one person's house and the person's house and every scene started off like okay now we're here and it would show a picture of the house and then we're in that house and then it would like establishing shot is what that's called the, it was like eh, it was everywhere <laughs> i've never noticed how redundant it can be because mm-hmm. we were it would show a picture of work then we're at work we're at a house now we're at this house like and it was just back and forth back and forth between these two main houses and in and in- that is what you're noticing there is people who are making movies that are making movies by the book. So okay, okay. they're, they're doing an establishing shot. Now they're doing a two shot. Now they're doing this. Okay. They're lighting people with three light lighting every single scene. They're not using anything creative to tell their story. They're just, you know, doing the, so it's the basics. It's very yes, lifetime. Very much. Okay. Very much. For me, the last thing I would say uh, in the negative um, is I felt like this movie, my wife and I talked about this on the way home. Uh, did not use its emotion well. There are probably a dozen times in this movie where the emotion is way over the top. You know, people just bawling and crying. Those kind of scenes can be really powerful if they're used properly in context and in momentum. But when they're every few minutes, Mm -hmm. they start to become just like a beating drum. You know, they become a little easier to ignore. Not only that, it was all either off or on. It was very binary. You know, it was like either the emotion is full force or we're laughing at a neighbor who made a funny joke, you know, exactly. and it was just it just kind of the light switch clicked, you know, on and off instead so, of taking us on a journey, like an emotional journey. In that way, was it like the, you know, ABC for movie making establishing shot? Emotion, no, in fact, humor. In fact, that's one way that would be the ABC for for storytelling that they didn't do. You oh, know, okay. they didn't they didn't understand, you know, the three act structure and how you build momentum and a journey and emotion and story. They just had scenes that they wanted to show. This is the scene where, you know, the wife casts the devil out of the house. This is the scene where the husband repents. This is the scene where, you know, so it, and they just they wanted to hit all those those marks. It's almost like set pieces you know, that an action movie would do, right? Like an action set piece. They had their their prayer their set pieces. Chase. They literally had, <laughs> I remember thinking this, they literally had a prayer montage in this yeah. movie. Like the music kicked in and it was like time for the prayer montage, you know, where she's getting her closet ready and everything. I just, it's just, it was really interesting to kind of see him take that and, you know, make it into this movie. Something I found like maybe this is why I couldn't relate to the movie is every single character well, I can't say every single character. The two protagonists were so they were such extremists in in their characters that I don't think that they were relatable to any human I've ever met. Mm. Like they were just atypical. I'm a tool. I'm just a sorrowful wife. Like you have to have more than one characteristic 
of a character to make them relate. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of nuance in these characters yeah. at all. Yeah. I didn't feel that way at all. Really? I really didn't. Which maybe it's because this is my first time to go in. I don't know. I found myself really relating to these people. Maybe that could be the switch over to the good stuff. Yeah, let's talk about the good stuff. Go ahead. I did. I was actually relating to them. And I don't know. I'm like Now I'm like, am I just really shallow? <laughs> am I perhaps a very boring person? I don't know. Did you relate? Let me clarify. This is this intervention, as you said last night. <laughs> oh, I got to get to that. Yeah. One of the funniest things I've ever heard. Um, <laughs> let's, let's, let's talk about that shortly. Uh, did you relate, though, Danae, to the people or the message? Which resonated with you? Which caused you to go, oh, I, I'm, I'm there or I've been there? Uh, yeah, both. Okay. Yeah. All right. I thought maybe it was m more the message because I, I agree with Andrew. I don't think the people were very relatable. Like I didn't, I don't, you know. Well, first of all. Take that. These people are beautiful <laughs> to look at. They're gorgeous. They have like gorgeous teeth and the main lead. She's got the most adorable nose I've ever seen. She's one of my she's wife's favorite hair. devotional writers, actually. Huh. Yeah, yeah, these are like the who's who of the Christian culture, apparently. I don't <laughs> right. know. Um, I I did find myself relating to their moments. Um, they have a, a tumultuous relationship. She's having to just like believe that the best is going to happen and then just see what happens and kind of take her hands off of the moment. And not not get angry, not make assumptions, not try to change somebody. I've been through that before. So I was really kind of on board with that. And I've also experienced this like extreme emotion. So I'm going to go here of like really truly not jumping into every single decision that I'm making or whatever and trying to be in control but like letting things happen and it is really hard when you have been living in such a lifestyle where you're trying to control the outcome of who you're around or where you're going and things like that and so as she's this mother character this wife character is trying to like realign herself with believing that god is going to do the best that he can through her again i w i wish this movie was a little bit more realistic in how it not everything has roses and pretty bows at the end like that bothers me because that's i think they tried to go there and nah, that would be a spoiler i can't say it maybe in the spoiler uh, so, section so that was kind of yeah we'll, we'll talk about it because i know what you're talking about um it, but it was so it's still kind of like you know the happy swallow the happy pill kind of a thing it was selling that happy god's gonna fix it message but in that brokenness and then the hard part, I actually I did find myself relating to it. And I did find myself being, you know, like reminded about some of the powerful things I felt like are promises that I have read for myself and friends have spoken to me. And then they will come about later on because I've stopped trying to, like, make things happen instead mm -hmm. of experiencing my life. So and it's kind of like broad. But what I liked about the movie was I actually found myself kind of relating to the people. I did laugh out loud one time and I immediately regretted it because I was like, oh, I was trying not to have any kind of like <laughs> fun in this because this is not supposed to be a good movie at all. Right. Like that's the whole thing. Really? You felt <laughs> that like the pressure to not like the movie? <laughs> yeah, I did. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Because I just, you know, you, everyone talks about how bad faith based films are. And granted, again, this is this movie is something that you want to watch with people who are really really founded in their faith that you can kind of go into some deeper conversations with this is not one that like it, i joked around i turned to andrew at the end knowing that andrew this is what is we were a, talking about yeah yeah you know former believer and i said all right andrew are you ready to come to jesus now <laughs> you know because it was just such i mean 
This movie preaches at you. It is a preaching movie. So they, then we, they do beat you over the head with it. it. Yeah, it's yeah. very. And, we, and I know that's Andrew. not a terrible. That's a terrible way to say it, but it no, just felt, it is. It. It just felt like there were parts where, like, I know. How can I say this without sounding like a just douche? Say, no, say oh, what's on fine. your heart, man. It sound. It felt like I get it. We. I. I will say this: the message that the not the. I don't want to call it the sermon, but mm-hmm. the actual message behind it was fantastic. I did like that part. I'm like, okay, yeah, these people were going about their marriage wrong. There was a outside force, the old lady, Meemaw Clara, as I call her, because she reminds me of my <laughs> Meemaw. Um, and her name was Clara in the movie, too. Um, I liked her character a lot. I did, I re- too. I really did. There were parts where she was overbearing, but... um like the whole coffee scene. But it was believable. It was believable, and I think that out of every single character in the film, she was the most relatable to people that I've met in life. Yeah. Funny funny aside, and we'll continue in on this thought. Funny aside, there's a couple, a character, this isn't a spoiler, happens right at the beginning of the movie. Our main character is a real estate agent. She's going into someone's house to sell them their house. Very first scene of the movie, okay? And it's this wife and this husband, and they have all these kids going crazy, and the husband comes out. Oh, and he's I like, hated we've this de- scene so much. We've, we've decided to blame it on the kids or whatever. Yeah. And I thought those were going to be main characters in the movie. Like, I thought that husband and wife, like... Yeah. This movie has so many of those points when, like... I don't know if they're supposed to be cameos. I don't know what the deal is, but... Who are those people? Who are those people and why are they... What was it establishing? Yeah. Like the delivery drivers. Yeah. And, yeah. I get that. I don't know anybody who opens the door and then doesn't greet the person before they turn to their children and scream at them and then come back and say they're sorry. <laughs> and then the husband comes out and doesn't even greet the person at the door, like walks right by. Like that was that was a really awkward scene. Yeah. But but yeah, I, I just uh, that that really kind of was weird for me, like all the, the little things. And apparently a city manager is on the same level as Kanye West. <laughs> <laughs> like a the city manager. You're the city manager. <laughs> <laughs> you manage the city. So if you had to pick something that you liked about this movie. I do have a lot of stuff I did like about the movie. Believe it or not, I really did have a lot of stuff. Um, there was one scene that I'm like, okay, I could see this being in an actual non-faith-based movie. And I would have been like, dang, that was a great scene. And it was the scene... It's spoiler-ish. All right. But um, it was a scene where the gir- little girl was telling the mom, she was saying, you don't know this yep. about my yes. life. Yep, exactly. Loved that scene yes. that was so much. Stuff. Yeah, it was a scene about how parents miss their children's lives. And it was and it was real yeah. and it was... Well, it's when you're really getting to to understand that this isn't just the husband's a bad guy, quote unquote bad guy. Yeah. They're really showing that the wife also has her shortcomings. But then the reason why I didn't like the movie is they didn't tackle that at all for the rest of the movie. <laughs> they continued to ignore the daughter <laughs> <laughs> until the very end of the movie where hey, they go to the whitest place. There was double Dutch. That's what I was Come saying, on. where they go to the whitest place on the planet, the double competitive double Dutch hey, tournament. You know, I think it's, it bears mentioning, and I think this is something I could say I liked about it. You mentioned the white, whitest uh, place on the planet. This was a story about a black family, and you know, I, I, it didn't have I to be about a black family. It's just so they happened to be black. And I am so glad that they chose. The and it didn't ignore. They did, and it didn't ignore kind of the cultural things that come with being an African American. You know, I felt like Mima Clara, as you called her. Yeah. You know, she seemed like a perfect African American. You know, grandma character, and the one who will basically grab you by the face and go, "Are you praying?" 
Are you going to church? Yeah, exactly. What's wrong with you? Yeah. You, you got to get, you got to do this. And like that, that bold kind of person in your life, which the very beginning I thought to myself, I think we all can use people like that every once in a while. Someone to just really show an investment. Now I, I did talk about the, the very, you know, earlier I did talk about like that stuff bothers me when people dig, uh-huh. but there are times whenever you can, and I've experienced this where someone asks, are you okay? You know, do we need to talk? And they, they do a gentle kind of digging. I would, I would actually love to meet someone like me, Ma Claire. There's a, there's a difference between pointing a finger and putting an arm around somebody. You know what I mean? Like that's an aggressive arm. I yeah, like that. Sure. I like that a lot. Yeah, I think so. One thing I liked uh, quickly is I thought the humor worked at several points. Uh, again, it didn't have anything to do with the story, but I thought, yeah. I thought like the delivery driver was funny. I thought the delivery you know, driver is when I laughed out loud. Um, so I, I thought there were points in this that were funny. Andrew, there was, there was a lot of. In the theater we were in, there was a lot of laughing, and there were parts where I was trying to figure out if the audience was laughing at how bad something was, <laughs> or if they were no. actually laughing at the humor or the delivery of a certain line or a certain scene. Glad you brought that up, because I didn't before know. we move on to Mr. Robot, we are going to get to that here in just one second. Before we move on, though, we were in a packed theater. Sold out. And I didn't, I mean, I didn't think that it would happen. I was texting my friend Ida, who happens to be in the chat right now. What's up, girl? You're my favorite person in the world. And when I uh, got out, she's like, Danae, you're, we're in the Bible Belt. Of course, it's going to be a packed theater. And I was <laughs> well, like, and well. churches will buy bulk tickets, too. So they were there. Yeah. And I think they were laughing because they enjoyed the jokes. There was a lot of just, you know, on the nose, fun little jokes that people enjoyed. So we'll do one last thing. Here's mine. My one last thing. And I've, I've made this comparison before, but I think it goes with what you're saying about people laughing at the jokes. Uh, there is an audience that they are going to, to, that will eat up whatever they give them yeah. and they'll laugh at all their jokes. They'll, mm-hmm. you know, raise their hand at, at all the, the messages. There were no amens though. You didn't hear any amens? I, didn't I thought hear I heard any a amends. couple. Okay. Um, but this reminds me, this is my one last thing. Like of, you mean in the theater you mm-hmm. heard somebody say, I didn't hear anybody say it. Uh, in this reminds me of another niche director, Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry gets critics who rip his movies apart, but he has this core audience they really that will just them. buy into yep. whatever he does and loves mm-hmm. it. They'll go laugh at you know the jokes and they'll raise their hand at the you know right moments, and so it's uh, it's interesting to me. And at the end of the day, I don't think that's necessarily a bad no. thing if you've got a no. you know an audience that you can speak to in that way. I think it it really puts a lot of pressure on you, you know, because that's a lot of responsibility to know that people are just eaten out of your hand i'm gonna run off of that for my one last thing and say you know i i was hoping not to be offended by this movie because i don't want i don't like seeing christianity misrepresented and there were certain things that are just you know very on the nose with christians and you know christians have a really difficult time we're very very judged as a group of people and some of us uh aren't necessarily Like when people find out that I'm a Christian, they're usually surprised because then and they'll say, oh, but you're not judging me. You know, so like there's there's a culture shift, you know, happening. Yes, and I just I said was, I'm a Christian. <laughs> I was. Uh, yeah, that's what <laughs> we're not supposed to do that. Um, but there is a shift that's kind of like that's kind of coming. And so I was afraid going into this movie that I was going to be offended for my fellow Christians. But my one last thing would be that for all of the cliche things that happen, the you know, drop that knife in the name of Jesus, the casting out of Satan of your home. I've done those things before. I don't, not necessarily the, the knife thing, but I have heard stories of that stuff happening before. And even though they're third hand and sec- second hand and third hand stories, 
you hear about these things happening in Christian culture. And I think that they're very brave to bring them to the forefront. And I do believe that all those things are possible. Like I do believe that everything in that film is absolutely possible, that the emotion is absolutely possible and the message is real. And that's the, that's my one last thing. Andrew, what was your one last thing? Well, I realized that this film, like you were talking about Tyler Perry, he's found a, not a, I don't want to say niche. Niche is a bad word. He's found a demographic. Sure. And I like that this uh, demographic in this style of film actually exists because if there was nothing but people making films and television shows for the general populace, we wouldn't get the the stuff out, I don't want to say left field. We wouldn't get the stuff for certain people because sometimes there has to be things made for a group, for a culture. And I do like that, and I do appreciate the fact that this genre does exist. Good. Very good. And overall, um, everybody kind of sticking where they were? Yeah, I'd still, I still think I like it. I think I would recommend it to people who are really secure in their faith and are not offended by really, really direct Christian message. I think that's the easiest thing to say. It's definitely for the church. Oh, like yeah. it's, it's Well, not... not for everybody in the church. I think this movie well, would be very true. offensive to some people. That's true. That go to church because yeah. it's just so much preaching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that it could have been a deterrent for like if... Okay, say hypothetically, you had uh, someone like me who was not religious, and you showed them this film. Do you think it would have been too overbearing for them, and they would have actually been deterred away from attending a church? In yeah, some I ways? feel like I feel like if I was to tell my friend, "Hey, I want to sit you down and watch this movie," that at the end of it, they would be ready for me to have the "Are you ready for Jesus?" conversation. Yeah, like you know what I'm saying. Like this would be part of that like evangelical thing where it's like okay I want do you believe that God can do this and you know so I think it would make some people uncomfortable I'm of the mindset that that kind of conversation is for a very personal moment between you know if, if I'm going to be involved in someone's God journey and it involves this movie I'm open to that God sure okay you know whatever you want me to do but it'd have to like I can't imagine using this as a tool to reach somebody so, because it's just it's so much to swallow you know this film is for the demographic that are people that are already yeah, I strong think so. in their religion. I, I think so because there's so there's so many this is so many sermons all in one movie. This is like a super, super high density religion Christian conversations yeah. over and every scene and it just gets it and it builds and builds and builds and builds until the last five minutes of the of the movie is a call to our nation for people to rise up and get their own war room and head out into the politics and head into the schools and head out into work and head into your home and you know and really embrace the power of of prayer and I do believe that that's possible, but I think that this is so thick with it that it could definitely be offensive to some and confusing probably um I, I'm personally I'm talking from the experience of having not always been a Christian and this movie would have like really offended me at, at some points in my, in my past personally. But yeah, man, I have loved this conversation and Andrew, I have to tell you, thank you for being part of this conversation. <laughs> I know that wasn't easy. Like I know, and I could tell you were struggling with it even, you know, before you came in. And- so, There's so many things like if I say this, I don't want to hurt people's feelings and I don't want to deter people from their religious beliefs because right. that's not why I'm here. I'm trying to, critique a film right. while at the same time being yeah. respectful to people's beliefs. I think beliefs. you've done a great job. It's been difficult. And like we said last night, 
This is your intervention. Yep. Yep. We locked the door. Locked One the door. of the funniest things <laughs> I heard. I, I, I giggled at that for like the entire time I was at work. Yeah. Yep. Because at the end of the movie theater, the best thing to do is to turn to your non-Christian friend and <laughs> be like, all right, it's time for you to bring your card to Christ. This is your intervention. <laughs> and you cannot leave <laughs> until you find Jesus. <laughs> Thank you so much for making this podcast possible. We uh, appreciate all our supporters, both those who listen and those who support financially. Uh, you may not know this. This podcast happens because people give to it on a monthly basis. We do that through Patreon. Patreon.com slash Aaron and Danae. If you thought about uh, you know, going over there and dropping a buck or two our way, thank you so much. Uh, it's really easy to do. And again, it may just seem like a dollar a month isn't anything, but for us, it literally keeps us going. Really cool story from uh, someone who shared their experience with Shoe the Dough on Facebook. Uh, she went to Facebook or went to iTunes for the first time. She figured out how to do podcasting and she searched for a keyword positive affirmations and Shoe the Dough was one of the suggested podcasts. She had no idea that she actually knew the people who were hosting the podcast and she began to enjoy it and then researched who we were. So you made that possible just by giving your monthly gift of support on Patreon. So that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N slash Aaron and Danae to give whatever you can each month to help us keep going uh, because we're making some splashes in the iTunes sphere, apparently. I'm, I'm also loving that we're so close to a third podcast every week. We're so uh, close. The Sif Pop podcast is broken out. Uh, Shoe the Dough is, you know, the dream is of being a podcast network, and it's so great to be able to take this to launch these weekly podcasts. And we're really excited about launching New Music Digest as a weekly podcast coming here soon. But we need about, where, 30, about 35 more 30, dollars yeah. a month. Not far so, now. So not far now, and we appreciate every little bit of support. So thank you for that. All right. I think we're going to move on. All right. We're going to be talking a little bit about Mr. Robot, which is a USA show um, that we've talked about before a little bit in our Sif Pop podcast uh, conversations. It is a darker, more HBO-like. Um, <laughs> it's somewhere in between. It's, it's uh, Tonal-wise, I can see why you would say that. Content-wise, I mean, it's nowhere near the stuff right. that's on pay cable, you know, as far as nudity and, you it's, know. It's on the borderline. If there's really? a If there's a Venn diagram, it's Help me out here, it. Andrew. It's what would you say? It. I think it says a lot about me as a person whenever I can watch a film like um, Sprite Presents War Room <laughs> and it's about trying to be a better person, trying to be a better family member and I can't get behind it. But when, whenever I see a show that is all about sex, drug abuse and <laughs> personal privacy being invaded and I'm like, this is one of the greatest shows I've ever seen, <laughs> that it makes me wonder about like how good of a person I am. Well, that's it. the intervention continues. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but to the point you were making that um, it's a lot different. I think it's way tonally different than you anything USA has ever done. Now that's for sure. My TV experiences are like Top Chef, you know. And then I'm like watching Mr. Robot, and I'm like, this is dark. Mm-hmm, very. This is making me depressed and sad, and I'm losing. I have to just tell you, like, I watched the first one, like, the first one and a half when we reviewed it the first time on Sif Pop. And now that we're trying to, like, get through it so we can talk about our predictions for the finale and all that thing, I'm just like, this is starting to, I'm losing the story. Well, I got a message from you that basically said, I'm not sure I can watch the rest of these. I don't know that I want to watch this. How many are you through? Like, three and a half. I'm on, I'm on the fourth one. And okay. I'm like, 
like it is making me well, feel Well, I would never weird. I would never force you to, especially if it's making you feel weird. You can't, um, first of all. <laughs> not your right. Excuse you. Listen, if I get into my prayer room. This is just, <laughs> This is an awkward. A... <laughs> this is an awkward. It's it's awkward. I don't know. I have so few I have some people that I would recommend this to and then so many that I would well, here's like, what just happened. don't watch. Here's it. basically what happened. We we review the first one. We all seemed to like it and at least it, at least acknowledge that it was uh, you know, pretty uh, amazing technically. And then I continued to watch it, and by episode five, I was like, "This may be one of the most brilliant television shows ever put on, you know, on the air." I mean, the way they were using story and the way they were using characters, okay. the way they were using sure. um, this the mental issues of our main character to be a uh, a faulty narrator. You know, where you never know if what he's telling you is true because he's kind of crazy. And he also sees you as his imaginary friend. Like, it was just all so smart. And, and the you know, and I picked up on on something that we'll be able to go more deeper to in, in the spoiler section. So I watched them all again. This to, is a very, very difficult show to talk to without, without talking spoilers. about spoilers. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Just like we on, on the faith-based film and reviewing that one, just like we kind of put into two parts, the production value and then the message. I'm going to do the same thing. The production value of this is so different and it's very refreshing. It's very artistic. I love that he has, like I said before, he's not afraid of doing different things with camera angles and the information is being presented to you in really, you know, like puzzle like ways. And I can see how for anyone who loves puzzles, this would really tweak you know, like, yes. this is so fun because I don't know what's coming next. And, oh, thank you for this not being so on the nose. This is not an on the nose sitcom or, or TV show. This is, um, you know, this is something that's very deep and it's very calculated. And I can I can see why you'd like it. So we're through nine episodes. And again, the 10th one was supposed to be this week. They put it off till next week. Uh, and already, I, I'd say there have been, in the last two episodes, there have been... Three major twist reveals. Mm-hmm. Major twist reveals. Three of them. Game changing. Game changing. Interesting. And and I cannot wait to talk about those in the spoiler section, but I bring them up to say that this is a movie that does not fear that you know the twist is coming. I'm going to stop you right there. You called it a movie, not a TV show. And I love that because every single week we're watching a movie. It's not a show. Right. It's sort of like... I, I hate making this uh, uh, analogy, but it's it's the new Breaking Bad. It's going to be the biggest thing to hit the world. I really do believe that. This is going to be huh. the next Breaking Bad. It, it feels like that already. People are because really picking up on it. I thought that this was only going to be one season, and so I was kind of like, yes, let's one season is great. This is why I like to, you know, if I'm going to pick up a book series, I want them to have all of them out so I can just absorb them all quickly and then... You know, I've got my little happy little bows on the end. But, like, I think that, what was it, just a few weeks after we reviewed it the first time, they revealed that they're like, okay, we picked up Mm -hmm. for season two. And so then our question became, are they going to spin off and do something entirely different? I can address that. I can address that. The creator of this show uh, wrote a screenplay. This was written as a movie. Sam Esmail was his name. Yes, Sam Esmail. Whose name is an anagram for mass email I found out yesterday. (laughs) It sure is. Um, So he wrote this as a screenplay. And when they wanted to bring it TV, they said, we're going to have to change some some things so that it can be a long-running TV show. And he said no. He said, I like my story. I like my script. I'm sticking with it. Uh, He has said that this first season, which, by the way, is 10 episodes, 
is the first third of his screenplay. So if you think about it that way, we're looking at a three-season show of 10 episodes each season. That kind of breaks my heart. Really? I love that. I absolutely I, love that. I, I want it to be at least five seasons. At least five seasons. Yeah. Because there's so much going on right now that even with... Just think about it. That's 20 more episodes. With as much stuff that was revealed in the last three episodes that we've got... <laughs> I don't think that they can tackle all those issues in 20 episodes. I would much rather have something leaving you wanting more and trying to do as much as they can in that medium. Like, yeah, you might not be able to explore all the exciting things, but like, I, I don't know. There's something really, really nice about just you leave a series going. I would go back into that series. That's one of the reasons that, you know, Avatar, for example, and this is a random thing in my mind, was so popular amongst the fans is because there was so much more content for them to go back and play in their minds with. They wanted to go back in that world, and that's where all these little break off things, you know, kind of happened from that series. So if it gets the if it gets the audience excited, and even if it leaves some of that juice, you know, untapped, then it leaves the fan base something to kind of go and play inside of because they have their own kind of way of inter- instead of it all being handed to them one piece of time. Avatar James Cameron? Yes. Avatar The Last Airbender. Avatar James Cameron. Okay. I was wondering that too, but I figured she was talking about James Cameron Avatar. I forgot that there was two. I apologize. Well, no, no, no. I was just curious. What was the guy's name? Aang? Aang? Uh, Aang. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Nicely done. Hey, guys. I did it. Danae's Pitbull, you may not know this, is an airbender. It's true. Has the the arrow tattoo on his head and everything. So it's very nice. Uh, I have to say, I... I totally disagree. Here's my thing. I want the the show to be as long as the storyteller needs it to be to tell the story they want to tell. Because it's at the end of the day, it's not about me. It's about them telling a good... Because you saw it in Lost and you've seen it in other shows. I was just about to bring up Lost. Where where they have to create new things because they want it to keep going. And X-Files was the same way. They had to you know invent stuff. Instead of just... Going with the story they wanted to go with, and you know, telling it. I love it when a when an artist knows where they want to go and then goes there. That's yeah. interesting. I was going to bring up Lost for a different reason. I was going to bring up Lost for the fact that at the end of it, the season finale or the series finale, I should say, there were so many unanswered questions that people were actually livid that they didn't get all the answers to all those impending questions that they were like, "Wait, what about this? What about that?" I don't want there to be any loose ends with this show because there's so many great things and so many so much potential that I'm like after every single episode I'm like there's no way they can top that there's no way they can top that and I can see where you're going like once you get to once you keep doing that you're eventually going to plateau so but don't. do you realize but do you realize Lost didn't answer a lot of, I actually just I think Lost answered actually a lot of questions but the questions oh, that it people, did, just the not. questions that people you know had remained unanswered only existed because they had to make up new questions to keep the series going yeah. like if they had just stuck with you know this limited you know world and telling a, yeah. a limited story they milked that they, story they milked too it long. so much that they they put so many questions out there that there was no possible way they were going to answer them all and there's a difference between that and leaving some like that's what i was saying with the the juiciness of of the storyline you know for him to have a full picture of the story and just say i'm going to tell just the story i hope he sticks to it because if you just let all these little you know people hook into that and just start sucking stuff out of it then you know, it may at the very end be less of a show than it is right now. And you want the show to be just as exciting as it is now, 
at the very end. That's my thought. I'm, prob I, I'm probably looking at this from the aspect of not a reviewer, but as a fan. Right. That I'm just extremely greedy, and I want <laughs> the most I can possibly get. That's ex that's what I was going to ask you too is like I can tell that you're really excited about it so oh it's so I, I love it so I'm much I'm glad that you watched it and we'll get more into the spoilers here in just a little bit uh, I, which by the way the spoiler episode is available only in the Sift Pop stream I on iTunes I was just going to say let's flip that script for to because there's so much of this Mr. Robot stuff that I think is going to be really fun to talk about. What let's are you also, about to do? Let's also put it in the Patreon for a bonus in the Patreon as well. You, you crazy man. <laughs> You're just crazy. Okay, what so what are you that doing? Means, for those of you who are listening and don't know what that means, every time we do a show, we also put extras up on Patreon for those who support us. So Aaron is going to be using our spoilers as the Patreon bonus for the day. I think it'll be I think it'll be well worth it because I think that's going to be a great conversation. And I'm not stopping him because he's bigger than I. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, we got just enough uh, just enough time here for our buried treasure. This is the one thing that we have been enjoying that we cannot wait to tell others about. Um, I'm really curious about uh, Andrew's buried treasure because yesterday we were leaving. So the, we were leaving the theater yesterday. Um, I said something like, hey, if you have any weird dreams after watching the Christian movie, let me know. And he said, well, if I have weird dreams, it's going to be because of my buried treasure. So I'm kind of curious. So while Andrew, you're pulling that up. And every time we mention the buried treasure, he just, his eyes light up. Yeah. So, so you think we should just like. Let's get it out there. Let's right. start. Andrew. Wanna, yeah. Okay. We'll start with it. My buried treasure is a brand new PS4 game. Okay. Ooh. Oh, is it a horror one? It is a horror game. <laughs> okay. I called it. I called that. You can ask Ida. I called her last night to digest this movie that I watched. I told her what you said, and I was like, he likes to play some horror games. So I'm wondering if he's like, he's watching a Jesus film, playing a horror <laughs> game, and he's going to have really interesting dreams. So what's the game? <laughs> the game is called Until Dawn. Okay. And it stars Rami Malek from Mr. Robot. Oh, interesting. It also stars Peter Stormare. Um, if you know who that is, he was in Constantine. He was the devil. He was in The Big Lebowski. He was one of the nihilists. He believes in nothing. And the main <laughs> character from the game is Hayden Panettiere from Heroes. Oh, cool. The game is created by um, Supermassive Games. They've done a lot of fantastic games. The way the game is set up, I'm going to give you a rundown of it. It's a butterfly effect game. Okay, so every act you you make yes. impacts the rest of the game exactly in many ways, and it's it's they do it better than I've ever seen the video game do it before. So, do you feel like you could play the game twenty times exactly. and have it be a completely, completely different experience? Different game. But but that's not all. I don't want to be scared. <laughs> I want Danae to play this game so bad. Are you kidding me? Like really bad. You could not pay me. And I'm going to tell you why I want okay. her to play this game because at the beginning of the game, you say. The game asks you, what are you afraid of? <gasps> and you're like, I'm afraid of clowns. I'm afraid of lightning. I'm afraid of ghosts. I'm afraid of drowning. I'm afraid of the ocean. And it builds a game around your fears. Are you saying <laughs> that you want me to put in sharks? Yeah. That's what you're saying. Because I did that. That's okay. terrible. The game is, terrible. I'm going to give you a rundown of the plot of the game. It's starting to sweat six friends who go to a cabin in the woods for a vacation okay it builds around the whole cliche of what you see in horror films yeah but it does it right yeah it does it so right i'm i'm uh if you're on my flick freaks uh youtube page i'm doing a full playthrough right now and i just finished part five part five 
was the scariest out of every single like section of the game I've played. Like I actually paused the game while I was recording it live, recording this game for all my viewers. Pause the game, had to take a five minute break because I was so unsettled by what I was seeing happen on the screen. I uh, I don't I that doesn't appeal to me. Like I just I'm I've always been weird like that. I I just I'm with you. I don't play horror games. Being afraid isn't something I seek out. It's the adrenaline rush, right? It's like that you review so many horror films. I do, I do, and I, I almost I make a disclaimer on almost every one that it's not my favorite genre. It's uh, not. I hate. I hate it. But but I, you do it. No, because I had so many requests. Like <gasps> that's all my channel was. Like play until dawn. Play until dawn. And I'm like, fine. I'm gonna play this game. <laughs> but I'm loving it. I really am huh. loving it. Because wow. So is it is it terrifying all the time? No, not oh, not all the time. Just like, level five. Yeah. And the, what I really like about it's it is all the characters. Comedy in between the terror. <laughs> all the characters. They fit every single cliche that you would see in a horror film. There's the cocky douche jock. Uh-huh. There's the super slutty girl. There's the one prude girl. There's the geeky guy that everybody's supposed to love because he's so witty. And then there's like your main hero female protagonist. It sounds, it sounds like the Cabin in the Woods, like the movie almost. There's a lot of... Some similarities? Homages to uh, Cabin because in the Because even that movie where it goes is kind of like pick your fear and, exactly. and we'll deliver it. I love so. that movie Yikes. so much. Uh, ha, ha, ha. But, um, <laughs> I really, I, d- I have to find out what I'm going to have to do to get Danae to play this Danae, game. It's, <gasps> here's what, Danae, it's only a little bit of horror. It's uh, it's mostly common. In fact, the full title is The Three Stooges Until okay, Dawn. Okay, here's the so thing. I understand that my reaction to things that frighten me are super entertaining <laughs> because I, I also get entertained by my friends my like reactions to being but when i am afraid my reactions are not funny they are violent (laughs) i am i am not even kidding you it is totally r-rated i mean thank thank you lord that you love me enough to forgive me for the things that come out of my mouth when i'm afraid like you let's just pretend like i'd come over to your house i'd i'd sit down in front of your your little gaming system we'd turn on the video say hi to the audience and danae starts playing your equipment would be destroyed. <laughs> like I would just pick things up and chuck them. I'd be ki- like, it would not be good. Yeah. Last thing I'll say about the game: seven characters in the game. Every character can live. Every character can die. Choose your own adventure. By Sounds Shark fun. Death. Nice. Excellent. I'll go next. Whew. My buried treasure. Uh, under recommendation from a good friend, I watched a show called Unreal. This is a show, uh, I think Lifetime puts it on, and it's about the behind the scenes of a reality, like a bachelor type reality the show. dating shows. Yeah, like one oh, of the dating shows. I, saw, is- I was interested <clears throat> in seeing that one. I uh, was interested when I had seen something about it because I thought it was like a parody or mm-hmm. something like that. It is not a parody. Like it is gritty and real and it is heartbreaking. I've heard that. And dark. And it really takes a look at what happens when people are completely manipulative, uh, you know, completely don't care about others as human beings, just care about their own, you know, kind of that typical uh, Hollywood mentality that you hear people talk about where it's just dog eat dog. And I have to say, there was a lot I didn't like about this um, and definite content warnings. I mean, as much, uh, I mean, it's completely different tone as Mr. Robot. But same kind of content warnings that you you know might want to know about. But there's something about exploring that part of human nature where you go, you know, don't let me ever be like that. Let me be as far away from being like that as possible. 
And what I love about the show, and this is the reason I want to bring it up, is it's willing to look at the actual consequences to treating people like that. It looks at them as real consequences and not just something that's funny to make a, you know, a smart aleck remark and not care about somebody, which is, you know, really devastating. Some really devastating stuff in the show. So it was also 10 episodes and uh, I watched the whole season. Worth the, worth the watch of somebody who would have to actually pay to watch it like they'd have to go on Amazon to buy the season. Uh, I mean, it would depend on the person for um for the drama, if you enjoy hu- real human drama in thinking about those kind of things, then yes, I think so. It's well done, and the the acting is incredible. I don't really know if this good. is gonna like um, translate well, but I'm gonna try to tell a story. So, it, I have had to log into Aaron's computer before on his on on Chrome, mm-hmm. and so um, Aaron, I was messaging Aaron on uh, Google Hangout when I was watching Mr. Robot, talking about like, man, this stuff is dark like there's just this is heavy like this is a heavy show this show doesn't have like lightness to it It doesn't like ever lighten up but i was kind of like processing what i was kind of watching or whatever and when aaron went to go respond to me somehow it went over into like an im had popped up from when i had been logged in and so he was seeing our conversation and so he clicked and he replied like unreal is pretty dark too and somehow, rather than it coming from his account, it came from my own account. So I'm watching myself type to myself <laughs> while watching a hacker show <laughs> about it being unreal and dark. And I was like, and then I and then I take up like I didn't type that, and he's just like, I know you didn't type that. Then I'm like, what's going on? Like I start freaking out. That's hilarious. Oh, it, was, it was scary. I'm like looking over my shoulder. It was, nice. It was scary. What's your buried treasure? My buried treasure is not anything. Uh, horror or dark real show. It's a new app I just got called Duolingo. It's all one word. And the icon is like this little green owl bird. And basically it's like Rosetta Stone. But it, so it teaches you another language, but it's totally free. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh. So we have a... I um, wish I would have known that before I paid $500 for Rosetta Stone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Rosetta Stone is awesome. Yeah. Um, this is probably the muted version of it, probably the diluted version of it, because I, I used uh, Rosetta Stone to teach myself a little bit of French before I went to go hang out with my cousin a few years ago. Um, and I picked up quite a bit from Rosetta Stone. So I'm teaching myself German right now because my uh, family has a foreign exchange student from Germany. So I've only I've logged in just two days so far and they nice. break it kind of down into teaching you, you know, just like like Rosetta Stone does kind of just immerses you kind of in the world with pictures, having to type things out. Um, but I love that it's free and you can choose from any language that they have available and you start off in the beginner section and kind of go up from there. I also wanted to mention before. So it's called Duolingo. I guess I should say one more time. Duolingo. You can get it now for free. So what um, it, so tell us some of the stuff you've learned. Oh, uh, speak to us in German today. Brot. Sprechen Sie Deutsch. Brot is bread. Just so you know. <laughs> That's funny. I thought it was a hot dog. Oh, Wasser is water. It's also a college. Okay, so much of German <laughs> really. So much of German is very similar to English. Uh-huh. Like I'm, I'm well, pretty English in, is a Germanic language, so. But I didn't realize that until now. Sprechen Sie Deutsch, Frau Hughes. They say that German is the closest language to English well, that we have. It's really interesting because it's like the the sentences are structured really similarly. A lot of the words are like really really familiar. Australian's pretty close too. So a little, yeah, 
really earned. We're still trying to figure out what Barbie is. What is a Barbie? <laughs> is it a Barbie Q? Uh, one of the things mentioned in chat, just before we go on with our um, final thing here on the buried treasure, Ida wanted to mention she's watching Sense Eight. I have heard good things about Sense Eight. So I wanted to mention that. For the so chat many room. things I'm trying to catch up on. I'm also trying to catch up on. Uh, uh, Josh, our geek Josh, mentioned that Wet Hot American Summer, Netflix released yeah. a prequel to that with so many really funny people, and so I've I've started watching that too. But I is that, that a that film far. or is it a series? It's a series. It's like eight episodes, half an hour each episode, okay. kind of thing. Because I saw a trailer for what's going to be Netflix's first. They called it their first film, uh-huh. and I didn't know if Wet Hot American Summer was, but the film that they showed looks beyond terrifying. <laughs> I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. Hey it's guys, Idris Elba, so i got to watch it. Thank you guys so much for joining us. If you've been able to join us live in the chat, thank you guys. Ida and Jen. And Monstrix made it. Bonnie Monstrix for the made outro. it. Humberto. Uh, the BDG is in the chat. Thank you guys for um, continuing to show up every single time we go live and making the show even better. If you would like to join us live, there's quick links at our website, AaronAndDanae.com, and you can join us in the chat. And of course, you can always catch the show in the podcast feed. If you're one of our Patreon supporters, the show will be available for you here in just a little bit, right there on Patreon. If you would consider joining Patreon, maybe give a buck a month to help us keep going. That would be much appreciated. Otherwise, it'll be in your feed just as soon as we get to it tomorrow. And as always, Shoe the Dough, sponsored by Sprite. <laughs> Sprite provision. Sprite presents Shoe the Dope. And the hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Always drink it with a straw. Uh, yes. Thanks, guys. We'll catch you on Tuesday for another episode of Shoe the Dough. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.